to here if you need. I am so excited for today's episode. It's my final interview series on body confidence and self-love. Today, I'm going to be chatting with my friend, Bo Porter. She's also a model and rose to recognition on America's Next Top Model. She's had an absolutely amazing career and has said that one of her highlights was being named April Playmate in 2019. In this episode, we chat about her journey from America's Next Top Model to today and how she's learned to love her body over the years. We also talk about how shooting for Playboy was one of the most empowering things in her career so far. I can't wait for you all to listen. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. Hey girl, I'm so excited to be here. (laughs) So obviously you're very aware of like the series that I'm doing on the podcast about body image and body confidence. And we had, I feel like you posted something on your Instagram and I was like, oh my God, I need you on the podcast. And it was something to do about, I think your journey in from like being a straight size model into a curve model. And I hate using those labels because like you're just a model as am I, but um, it's what the industry calls us. And you've got so much experience, I think on both sides of this spectrum. Yeah, definitely. I feel like, um, I mean, I started at like 120 pounds, if that even matters and like, wait, do you want to put weight on it? Um, But even then, like I kind of still felt at like 19 and, and you're 19, like you're still like you're, you know, you lose your baby fat and then you slim down and then you become a woman after that, I feel like. But I feel like it was definitely challenging to go from straight size but being told like if you you know drop a little bit of this or if your measurements were more of this you could book x y and z you know what i mean and at the time it was like victoria's secret or pink or whatever um so yeah it was it was very challenging to have to like swallow that pill of like okay well i'm not gonna be that good until I am this weight or I'm this size. So it's really, it was really hard. Yeah. Yeah. Because I remember when I first started modeling, this was like when I was 15, I was approached by two agencies. One was like, you have the potential to go international. And they were talking like runway, like, you know, the Milan, Paris, all that sort of thing, but you need to drop more weight. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God, I'll be, you know, so successful, blah, blah, blah. But I was 15. I was like a size six or eight. Mm -hmm. So that in US, let's say that's a size eight US. Mm -hmm. Um, And I like, I don't think I could have got any thinner because that is just not my body, like my bones. It was my bones. I I can't, you can't shrink your bones. So I think it's going to be really interesting. I want to really unpack, I guess, the modeling side of body image, because I think a lot of people see thin as being like healthy and because it has been like paraded in front of us through the modeling and advertising industries that that's kind of what we accept to be you know quote unquote like yeah normal and healthy but Mm -hmm. there's so much that's unhealthy about it Mm -hmm. um and that's what I'd love to get into today but I want you to tell me how you got into modeling and and your journey from where you started as like little baby foe to like Mm -hmm. where you are now because it's a pretty cool story (laughs) It's, it's definitely got, it's, it's a roller coaster, but um, I mean, I was a preschool teacher before I did any of this. I worked at like a preschool um, and I thought I was going to be working with young children. That was like my career. That's what I was going to do. Um, and then one day I was, I, there was an audition for America's Next Top Model. So I took the audition. I loved the show since I, that, that show made me want to be a model, but also I never even in a million years was like, I 
my, you know, Felicia Porter, that's my real name, Felicia, um, what could be a model. And I auditioned, uh, two weeks later, I got a call for a second callback and I waited literally 10 hours in this casting. Cause you watch all the girls talk. And I was like, one of the last girls there. I talked, they all talked like maybe an hour. Some talked for like an hour and 30 minutes. It was crazy. I had like five minutes and it was, they're like, all right, thank you so much. Have a good one. And I was like, oh my God, I think they hated me. And I remember for two months, I was just racking my brain. And then finally one random night, I got a call that I was on top model. So from there, it was just, it's, I feel like I skyrocketed. I grew into myself. I found my confidence, you know, so to speak. Um, and my womanhood, I guess. But yeah, it was just crazy. So from the show, my agent scouted me and I've been living in LA for 10 years now. I've been at the same agency and we've had also, we've had our ups and downs together, but you know, we're in a great place now. And I feel like their view um, on the sizing is now open. It's expanded. I also feel like the industry was always telling me to stay skinny. Like it, I don't feel like it was per se our agents in a sense, but it was the industry that was like there. But overall, that's my story in a nutshell. I guess you could say that. That's yeah. how I started. Like, and I, and it's crazy because when I first started modeling, I was had a pixie cut haircut. I had it for ten years, and I was only casted as like the athletic girl or the you know like that was always my body type. So when I was started gaining weight, I wasn't the athletic girl anymore. I was like the curvy athletic girl, which. I felt like I was okay. But yeah, it's and from there it was just once I changed into the transition into curve, I went through severe body dysmorphia. I went through like two I would say a solid year where I just couldn't look at myself in the mirror with I would like hit myself, you know? Like I was just like, You're fat. Like I would just hate be so mad at myself. But now looking back at it now, I'm mad at myself for being mad at myself. You know what I mean? Like I I don't want to get hard on myself, but it was, I was just like, God, you're, you're a star. Like, how could you feel that way about yourself? But it really does eat us up as models. And I can only imagine what it's like for younger people who aren't models or in general. So, you know, it's, it's hard. Yeah. I also think like we have been told that like fat is a bad thing, but it's not. And, no. and it's just like, you know, I remember saying that same thing to myself and like self-hating in such a way, mm -hmm. but it, it doesn't actually it's not like it's not a feeling it's not a way of, of being it's just and it's an existence and it yeah. should be celebrated really and that's mm -hmm. why I think like the work that we're all doing in this industry to change it so that we can have like normal advertising standards and normal body shapes in every shape and form yeah. is so important uh-huh so true it's so true it has to be represented across all boards it can't just be like I, and the things go, goes the same for skinny girls some girls who are too skinny almost you know we're not too skinny but like some girls who are called too skinny that's the same thing for them it's like you're too skinny or, you're too this or too that and it, it really damages people's psyche so to speak yeah so i think recently it's just um the rounds actually it was this um i can't remember if it's like a, a stylist from magazine but she shared an image of the, you know the, the image that went viral on social media with the model with the jeans for um it was hedy slimane for celine I think and the so, jeans yeah, yeah. were like a size eight and the the model who was already like really really thin mm -hmm. um couldn't fit it and the stylist was just like what message is this sharing yeah um for models and just put, like people in general that you know the sample size mm -hmm. doesn't fit the model because I think not many people really understand especially if you're not in the modeling industry you don't understand yeah. sample sizes so mm -hmm. sample sizes can be anything from like a size zero to a size what six to eight and then there's like a size 10 12 yeah. a size mm -hmm. 16 mm -hmm. and and that's like they're the kind of like layer layers of 
of models, like the different yeah. sizes of models. And you've got to fit still into yeah. those samples. Otherwise, like you won't get work. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So true. Um, <laughs> I've seen that. And, and it's crazy to me when you do see those or you, you're on set and that happens. But to me, it's almost like clients now or, you know, companies now will have the straight size girl, the curve girl, and then the quote plus size. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's such a like thing. I don't know. It's just so irking to me to have to, it has to just be that you can't just have, I don't know. It's just, they have to have those certain sizes and we have to fit in those certain sizes and it's gut wrenching. Cause there's times where like you I'll fit into like, I'm a size eight, but I'll get in like a size 10, which is like a sample size and they're pinning and everything. And it's like, you almost, you can almost feel like, okay, next time we'll have to book someone else who can fit into these jeans. You know what I mean? Like they'd rather switch out the model than switch out the clothes. Like, you know yeah. What I mean? yeah, yeah, I'm the same. So I am a size, I feel like I'm probably a true 14, mm-hmm. the US 14, which is an Australian 16. And so often I get put into clothing and I'm pinned at the back and I'm mm-hmm. like, I'm spilling all the tea on the industry. <laughs> but so often I'm, I'm pinned at the back and I just feel like it's so, I feel like it's unfair for people that are actually that size because they're still being told, well, no, we don't want to actually put someone in the right size, like in your size because we still want to sell you like that idea like yeah as a thinner a thinner body but Mm -hmm. market it as that so that we can still market to your insecurities so that we can still make you feel a little bit shitty about yourself so that we can make you buy clothing Mm -hmm. and it sucks (laughs) well just like you almost like it's such a facade you know what I mean like it's such a like I was talking to a friend not too long ago about how like she's really she's thinner um she's had two kids so it's just that's just naturally her body and she's like I just hate when I see clothes and I told him like yeah you know that's probably pinned to like the guy but it's like 20 you know pins in the back it's don't always believe what you see but also it's like it shouldn't have to be like it should just be a natural woman of any size or natural man even you know what I mean it's like it's yeah. just such a, it's such a facade so people out there know that <laughs> yeah <laughs> Um, I do want to talk about, I guess, your evolution into the confident woman that you are. And obviously starting out on reality TV, that would have, I would assume, such an impact on the way that you saw yourself both like at the time and then like looking back. Mm -hmm. And then also, I guess, how you've evolved from that person to the person that you are now. Yeah, I feel uh, evolution is an incredible thing, especially for women. I mean, obviously I'm a woman, so I don't know what a what man goes through, but I'm not even gender. It's not to be about gender. I just think the evolution of how I became was, you know, being a preschool teacher to being told that you could be a model, then going to being told by Tyra Banks, you are a model. And then being told by Tyra Banks that I'm, I look like Gollum. <laughs> like, just you get like told, like, the, 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 my, my elimination photo was, she looks like Gollum. And it's funny to think like how we actually thought those are the best photos of the actual shoot. It's just crazy. It's so rigged. Anyways, um, but I feel like that totally put me out of my comfort zone. Having my hair chopped off, first of all, first and foremost, was one of the most, I was so beyond, I, out of my comfort zone. I, I thought I was really ugly, but um, I mean, I didn't. I wasn't, but it just helped me to understand, like, you don't have to have all of this, all hair, you don't have to have the figure or whatever. It's about who you are. And I, I learned really quick that basically just personality is what's going to get it for me. I have to say, like, I have, I feel like my personality is there and I feel like it just came along with the confidence came along. I feel like I wasn't trying so hard in a sense. For me, I felt like once I took over my hair, that was a big thing when I was able to grow my hair out for my wedding, because hello, I, I still live a life. I'm <laughs> like, I don't care about modeling. Like I, once I stopped giving a 
crap, fuck, whatever, about... You can swear, it's fine. Okay. <laughs> once I stop, drop the F-bomb. Um, once I stop really caring about what the industry and my agency wanted from me, I'm not kidding you, my career took off. Like, I started putting on the weight. I didn't care anymore. Um, I grew my hair out. My agency called me one day and was like, whatever you're doing keep doing it like this is what and I'm like oh yeah being me oh yeah that's yeah but of course who would have thunk it you know so yeah I think the evolution was just me the confidence came from me just stop caring genuinely and it only comes with I feel like it comes with age because once I was 25 I was still like oh, I'm 30 now and I'm kind of like 30 now and not giving a fuck so that's right you know what I mean like that's yeah yeah it's womanhood it's I feel that too I totally feel that I feel that I thought I knew so much when I was younger and I thought I was this confident woman Mm -hmm. but I'm about to turn 30 next year. Mm -hmm. And I think that I've still got so much to learn, but I think I'm finally in a body and in a place with myself that I'm like, yeah, mm -hmm. I am. I'm, I'm cool with this person. Yes, and I have yes. I've almost, I've done the same sort of thing. I'm just like, you know what? Fuck it. I yeah. cut my hair too. Like in, after quarantine, I was just like, you know what? I want to cut my hair. I've always wanted to cut it. And I've kind of, I guess I've always, I've never really like, I didn't change the way that I was eating or anything because I've always just been eating like that but I think I've just throughout quarantine I was exercising finally for my like for me rather than yeah. because it was like part of the job yeah it's like sure. I think it's I was sure, always yeah. yeah yeah I always looked at exercise once I started modeling as well I have to be fit to be mm -hmm. a model but mm -hmm. in quarantine I was like no I just it, I enjoy how it makes me feel I don't want to mm -hmm. work out today and mm -hmm. I feel like I just gained this extra layer of self love that I was yeah. missing and I still mm -hmm. think I could learn more I'm like still getting that but I think it's again it's like the evolution like I it's so weird I will say when I turned 30 they say that 30s are when you stop caring like when you start just living for yourself and I think that's true because I would say the six months leading up to my 30th birthday something just happened like I just it felt like I was empowered but I was also like my body I had just done playboy and that for me was something that was like I, I'm not kidding you, girl. I manifested the shit out of that Playboy. I was like, I told my husband two weeks before um, shoot or being, being hit, hit by them that I was like, I just, I would love to shoot Playboy. Look how like it's tasteful and it's real. And these women are, you know, of all different shapes, size, colors. It's, and now they have trans women in it. And it's just so innovative. Girl, yeah. two weeks later, I got a little, a little, a little Playboy with a blue star next to it. And I was like, oh my like I can't believe it. so it's just it happens and I feel like when you trust yourself and trust the process and know that you have it somewhere deep down inside the belief system is there then you can pers persevere through anything to be perfectly honest trusting yourself is the number one thing that I can say of my evolution of my confidence is like I wouldn't travel by myself I kept my head strong I didn't let I wasn't vulnerable to situations where people get vulnerable like traveling and not trusting who they are when they're traveling and being you know so yeah it's just a cycle you know yeah you grow well i i do want to talk to you about playboy because yeah. that shoot was amazing <laughs> and if Thank anyone does you. want to check it out it's everywhere <laughs> it, yeah it's it, it, my, my titties are there that that's funny because yeah. there's times where you know i'll be changing and like on set or whatever any with respect boundaries but um like you know it's also come in and be like oh i'm so sorry and i'm like girl these titties they're, they're across the world they're international okay they're fine you can, yeah <laughs> you can it's okay i'm not you know not modest but um playboy was a dream to be perfectly honest it was it was everything i could have imagined liberation was like it, it was 
it embodied everything. I was the only thing I was like, I want it to be out in nature. I don't want to be in a house just because I want to be able to like roam free and like have all the glory of just wind everywhere and every nook and cranny. But yeah, because um, you were you were like fit. For anyone that wants a visual picture, I'm going to paint you with this visual picture. And the, the image that I'm thinking of was when you were, I think it was, was it a bareback horse? Yes, bareback girl. Yeah. And she was out in these beautiful like sand dunes, mm-hmm. naked on this horse bareback, <laughs> just like wind in her hair. It was so, it was so beautiful. And that's the thing I feel like Playboy today mm-hmm. is so so about female empowerment and mm-hmm. all of the shoots that I've seen come out are just so incredible and so inspiring and so empowering so like I can just imagine it would have been just yeah wow <laughs> it was about the thing is it was very it's it, it was all of that and I feel like I had so much creative direction in it like they asked me like what do you want to do do you want to I so the original plan was I wanted to shoot it in the white sands of New Mexico because that's where I'm from um and then if anyone knows or has seen you can google it it's beautiful basically Basically, apparently back in the 50s, they were testing missile launches and that's why the, the sand's white, <laughs> but it's beautiful. It's actually a gorgeous place. I don't want to say it's one of, I think they were going to make it one of the seven wonders of the world because it's this vast desert of just what, pure white sand. Um, so I was going to shoot it there and then we ended up not doing it, but the sand dunes, it was also 40 degrees back home. So I didn't want to, but being on the, it was like, I was on the beach at Pismo Beach and that was the sand was beautiful. Yes, I got sand everywhere. <laughs> it's like I went home. <laughs> I was scrubbing for like in my hair. Yeah, nooks and crannies. It was, but it was, it was just such a liberating experience. And again, like if I feel like a confidence key for me was walking around my house naked. Like that's something that helped me to kind of like be with myself in my own space. So being with myself in my own space out in the wilderness is ten times more exhilarating than you can imagine. So yes, it was amazing well I think being comfortable with yourself naked is something it's it's interesting like when I often do some of those like Q&A's on Instagram about body confidence a lot of my questions are about how do you love yourself when you're naked and I feel like the best way to do it is when you're at home alone and mm-hmm. I, I cook naked yes. I, <laughs> I sleep naked yes. I obviously shower naked I'm like what else do I do <laughs> I but every morning, yeah. yeah, like sometimes it gets really hot because like that underboob sweat is real. Oh, yeah. But it's so liberating and I've become so confident and comfortable with my body like as it is mm-hmm. just by seeing it plain, like without trying to cover it with, you know, I would always like cover it with like high-waisted underwear and like yep. I'd sometimes sit like with a boyfriend or a partner or whatever and I'd sit down and make sure like I would tuck like like my little my little belly just in the underwear because I was ashamed of it and I was like the other day like I didn't do that I sat down and I was just like you know what this is me and you know what I look like because you've also seen me naked so just (laughs) deal with it And I think it's unapologetically being you and with yourself is like obviously a, a boost of confidence as well. Because you have to trust yourself. You have to trust your your body in a sense. Like that's all you have, literally. You know, you came into this world naked and, you know, we, yeah, it's just, it's just you have to know your body and trust it and admire it just as much as you would do with anybody else's body. You know what I mean? Because we have that like, yeah. I want that, I want that. But it's like you have to want this first and then, you, you know, whatever attributions you you want to do but you should start with yourself first because you know RuPaul always says if you can't love yourself how the hell are you gonna love somebody else so 
you know. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Amen. Amen. So oh, true though. Okay. And like, I just, I think so many women are still so kind of, I, I guess the changes in beauty standards and, and the shift from them being unrealistic to more realistic, there is still that element of, I guess, marketing to people's insecurities. So women still have a sense of not quite being good enough. It's like, this is fine, but not that. And I don't know, have you noticed anything within the industry or just any, I guess, things that you would want to change from the industry? Um, I think we're starting in a good spot. Like I feel like I'm, I feel blessed to be, I guess, I don't know if I want to say a self-proclaimed pioneer. Like, you know, we were, we were the ones that kind of like, I feel like I was getting booked a lot more because I was the curve girl. You know what I mean? Compared to being a straight yeah. side. Call girl. yourself a pioneer. I feel yeah. like I own that. <laughs> yeah. And that's the thing is, and, and I, and I say that because I, it's like the first I don't know, five years of, of curve size being real, or I don't even, I hate using the labels, but like being a thick girl is okay to, you know what I mean? It's yeah. just now, like now clients are getting in now clients, like if you don't have a curve girl, if you don't, or if you're not attaining to that size or, you know, the ranges, then you're not going to be successful company, you know? And it's, I feel like what I would change is just the stereotypes, of course, just having the labels to be perfectly honest. But I think just having more compassion, I feel like for the models that you know, the, the people who do put themselves and exploit ourselves, you know, so I feel like the compassion part is it still needs a little bit of work, a little bit of work um, in general. But I think just having the support that that's the thing is agents maybe being more supportive, you know, actually a group of us ladies came with um, my agency. We kind of had an alliance where it was like the models of color wanted to come together and we want to have more representation and more, more support for us, you know, because even for models who come in and they're brand new, they have no idea what to do. They have no idea how to manage their money. They have no, like things like that. I think it needs to be more structured, but also more support. I wish there was an HR. Like I wish there was someone, yeah. we could, you know what I mean? Like we can report back to like, that's like, those things but I think with time it will come as long as you and I models like us people like us come together and you know vocalize it and again it's 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 just a change it'll happen but we just got to keep persevering what about you what do you want to change yeah what do I want to change I guess I just want I think and I've been pretty vocal about it I want to move past tokenism Mm -hmm. and I think in America it's so it's so crazy because in America I remember when I first started booking jobs here, everyone was like, oh my gosh, it's so not diverse enough. Like it's, it's, it's terrible. And me with my little kind of eager little work self was like, this is amazing. It's so much better than Australia. And then the longer that I've, the longer that I've been here, I've realized that it's still so far off where it needs to be mm-hmm. and that it's still tokenistic at best. And there's like the the token plus size girl and then the token mixed race yep. girl and then the token black girl. And yep. there's, there's never as much as I don't like, I don't, I've never met the woman, but I, <laughs> I don't have a lot of time and this might come back to bite me in the ass, but a lot of time for Kim Kardashian. Yeah. I have a lot of respect for the brand skims and Mm -hmm. the way that they do diversity because that is how it should be. All sizes, all shapes, all skin colors, they've they've just done it right. And that's why, like, if if any brand that's starting or any brand that's kind of looking at another brand being like, how can we be more diverse in this age of of Black Lives Matter? Mm -hmm. Look at someone, if you're... I don't know if it's like, look at someone like Skims, but just look mm-hmm. at that diversity and look at your diversity and mm-hmm. just up your game. Exactly. Exactly. And I, I 100% agree with you. For that, and for that's sure. like the bare 
minimum. Yes. <laughs> like that's the literal bare minimum. Like and it needs to be like so much better. Right yeah, yeah. 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 We're, yeah, yeah. We're, we're comparing it, but it's also, I know exactly what you mean. And, and I totally agree. That's, that's kind of what I was getting back to is like the diversity where it's like, you have one of each, the token, this, a token, that. And, and again, like coming back to the, you know, the alliance that these ladies and I made um, was just the fact that we just want to be represented all around. There doesn't need to be like, they should be able to have two toking melanin, like dark, dark black girls, but there could also be two of me. There could also be five. You know, it's like, it shouldn't have to be this, like, we have to have the white, you know, the Asian, the, it's just like, it's, it's old, you know, it's like, let's get out of that stagnant and like, like just like curve modeling or whatever you want to call it. Like, now we finally have a name for it. It's called Curve. Like, that's what we are. I know it's like, stop putting labels on it and just start being about it, you know? So. Yeah, just book us as, as human beings and, and don't label. Yeah. yeah. Yes, yes. I feel it. On I guess on the issue of, ev- like, everything that's happening at the moment in the U.S., a lot of my followers are, well, listeners, sorry, like the podcast, they're, we're starting to get, like, more international listenership Mm -hmm. but it is a lot of Australia a lot Mm -hmm. of uh, listeners in Australia and I think I'm just I want to hear your perspective on on how you think everything is in terms of the the movement and the political landscape right now like obviously within reason because yes yes (laughs) but like you are a self-professed Blacksican, so yes. you do fit into the, the I guess plus, yeah, the group, whatever you want to call the group it. Of, yeah, like, yeah, of, yeah. of us, like we're yeah. all yeah, mixed babies. Yeah. <laughs> mixed, yeah. Yeah. And I think for me, I I I know I struggled a lot with my identity growing up. I don't know if you did, because you grew up in a place like America where it is already so mixed and there, even though there's still lots of, I guess, problems with um respect and integration and opportunities for both Mexican and black people. Mm-hmm. Yep. How like how was that for you growing up and and just like to now and and with everything that's going on like tell me yeah. everything. Well, funny story because I didn't <laughs> know I was black until I was seven. Um, my mom and my dad didn't really have a great relationship. Um, they only dated a few months, <laughs> so I was a love child. <laughs> I'm totally fine with, but um, I feel like growing up, I was Mexican. Like I remember being like, I'm I'm Latina. I don't I don't speak Spanish. But also, that's a sad part is that my mom didn't teach us Spanish because she was so har- harassed as a kid because she was like the only Mexican girl and like you know an all white school. So she's like, I don't want to put my kids through that. Like I don't want my kids up to. And then of course, in the day and age we're in now, I'm like, mother, why didn't you teach this? Like I could be somewhere. Yeah. I could be in Mexico right now. You know, like it's just like it's just I didn't feel that um. Until I did, I met my dad and I was like, oh, I'm black. But then it, then it was cool because I was black. You know what I mean? Like I, I remember going to middle school and I had the friends of all spectrums. Like I had like, I was cool with the, with the black kids and I was cool with the Mexican kids and I was cool, you know, with everyone else. But it was just like, I never felt super segregated if that makes sense. You know, like I never felt like I was two different people. So I didn't really struggle with the identity. Um, It was just, I knew I was different. Like no one in my family has freckles. I mean, maybe like ancestries, but no, no, I just had something different, I guess you could say, you know? So I embraced it. I loved it. I loved being a mixed baby and my husband's Italian and German. And so I'm like, baby, we'll have babies. And I'm like, baby, we're gonna be so mixed. I'm like, yes, mixed babies. So I just keep, you know, I think mixed babies are just some of the most, I don't know, incredible people because they're just from two different cultures, you know? So yeah, I love that. Yeah, and that's, I, I find that. And I, I think I've done a lot of like soul searching, especially within 
like the realm of spirituality. And I had one of my healers tell me like when I was telling her about my mixedness, I like I have Danish, I've got Irish, I've mm. got African. And then I, I'm assuming somewhere in there is Indian as well. But she oh, was wow. like, that is so incredible. That's four different really powerful cultures and ancestries and lineages, yep. you know, mm-hmm. and I think that that too is what people don't understand. Like there is so much, like when you do talk about diversity, there's so much to being mixed that yeah. I guess people don't really talk about as much either. It's just like, oh, you're this, you're that. And people do want to like still with like, you know, modeling, put you in boxes. It's like, oh yes. no, you can't be this. You're too, you're too mm-hmm. much of this to be that. And it's, yeah. And that's, and that's again, it goes with like people love labels. It's so, it's so interesting, but I just, I'm proud of my heritage, my background. I'm proud of where I came from, my parents, you know, and I think that's just where it is. It's it's like I am I am who I am because of, you know, the, the mixed races and I'm I'm glad to I also get I also get mistaken for Asian a lot. Of course my name's Fo, so people are like, Oh, you know, I'm like, No, not the same thing, but it's yeah, I get, I love being racially ambiguous, I guess you could say, you know, like same with you, like you, I, I didn't know you were black. So like, you know, some of that, it's, 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 I think I did know that, but it's crazy just, just to like be reassured, like it don't judge a book by its cover, but it's, it's just crazy to know that the in-depth roots to some people, you know, and how it changes so totally um so i've got a couple of questions mm-hmm. so what message do you want young people to hear when it comes to having self-love and body confidence like what message would you have wanted to hear when you were younger um the thing is i probably would hear the message but i probably wouldn't take it because i'm yeah. stubborn <laughs> i feel like you have to learn those types of things i think i honestly feel trusting yourself just trusting the process, but just being able to not beat yourself up to the point that you doubt yourself with everything you do, you know, like don't hesitate, trust the process. I think that's the biggest thing is just trust the process. That's one thing I actually heard that last year randomly. And I'm like, how did I never like, just trust the process. It'll what's meant to be is meant to be, but don't beat yourself up because you don't get that job or don't beat yourself up because of X, Y, and Z. It's it was meant to be, will be. So patience. <laughs> I think that's patience is a virtue. <laughs> Sometimes she's a bitch, but you know, it's oh, yeah. just it's, it's hard. But yes, that's that's my main thing is just trust the process and patience. I feel like yeah. So. I think that's so funny that you said like <laughs> I can tell that person, but I wouldn't have listened <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> because I I was the exact same. And like my mom listened to one of my podcast episodes, and she was like. I told you that you were beautiful. I told you your hair was lovely. And yeah. I'm like, yeah, but like, obviously I wasn't going to listen to you because you're my mom. Yeah. And be like, there was still no one that looked like me. So even if you're telling me this, I can't believe it because I don't see it around me. But it's so, it's so true. I totally agree with you on that. It's definitely like my mom, of course, like you should have listened to me. I told you so. Like, I'm like, what? you got to like hit your head on the wall a couple of times to, you know, finally get it. So it's called growth. That's what we call growth. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I also know you have been doing, I don't know if it's just during quarantine, but you, you love cooking as well. Like, yeah. Oh yeah. I, just like I me. see yours too, boo. Yeah. I'm like, I see you cooking yeah. too, boo. <laughs> <laughs> what is your favorite thing to cook? Okay. So I'm just going to be flat out. I've been cooking a lot of, I, I don't have a certain favorite thing to make. I love making beef jerky. That's like number one thing. My husband bought me like um, a big game uh, beef jerky maker. <laughs> so sorry to my beef are you vegan are you vegetarian? not anymore no, quarantine changed me i, I, I was like, like i'm stressed i've got to eat cheese <laughs> 
girl. I feel you. I'm like, I was, I mean, same for me with, with wine. I'm like, I'm stressed. Yeah. I need that bottle of wine right now. It's 11 yeah. o'clock. Out quarantine, my, um, my alcohol consumption was questionable. Very questionable. I think everyone was in the same boat. <laughs> girl, and I was funny, like, okay, when I, when I get back to work, they have to give me like yeah. at least a two week detox. Cause I'm like, yeah. let me know in advance. Cause girl. Um, no, but my favorite thing, um, to make right now is Ooh. Thai. I've been making a lot of Thai food. I want to shout out to my, uh, home, my homeboy who got me into it. Arnold Mint. You have to follow him on Instagram. He makes some of the most delicious like Thai food and it's really easy. Like he just shows you step by step. So I've been doing a lot of Thai. I've been doing a lot of noodles. Um, but yeah, I think that's just my, and anything chicken. I make a mean bolognese as well. Yeah. I make like a six hour bolognese. Yeah. What's your favorite? Uh, that's really interesting. I don't know. I think I, I definitely love making a bolognese just because it reminds me of, it's like a comfort food and it's nice, warm, delicious. But then I also like making rice paper rolls and like sushi. Mm. Oh, okay. We've gotten on that tip so hard because we have um little Tokyo is like 10 minutes from us. Oh. So there's a little market there. It's I love a Asian grocery stores. Oh girl. I like, it's the other day my husband and I got in an argument and I literally went and just walked around there for like an hour and a half and I'm just, just I wasn't like really buying stuff but I was just like hmm, next time I'm gonna try I'm gonna google what that does or like I'll do it just gets so inspired there like it's just oh my my safe haven so babe if you want to know where I'm at after we find I'm going to the grocery store <laughs> yeah I, I agree with you the sushi is on point well is there anything else that you're doing with like obviously there's so much time in quarantine like did you get inspired yes i show did um so i've actually been sitting on a passion project for a minute it, um i've wanted to do a podcast i'm so inspired by you and that you're doing it I'm gonna put some pep in hey. my step and get my <laughs> shit going but i even have like my blue yeti look at that like <laughs> i'm ready and i have a Oh, girl, I got that. And I have like a small snowball too, because I'm going to I'm gonna do like interviews and stuff. Um, But so it's podcast is going to be called actually, should I go on and drama? Yeah, let's I'm going to wait for coming the Coming soon. I, I, okay, I'll wait. Coming soon. But basically, the definition of it is it's going to be an um, eclectic gift shop of open conversation, a safe space for people of many forms, any genders, many sexualities. Like I want to have a whole array of different artists and humans alike. It doesn't really matter as long as it's good and juicy to talk about, then that's what it's going to be. But I want it to be like a safe space for people yeah. to come on just like this and be able to talk and have, you know, real conversation about real things. It was supposed to start off with me because I was traveling so much that I was like, I meet so many amazing models and people and even stylists, makeup artists. And I'm like, I could sit there and have like a full on conversation with you. And I feel like, you know, that would be a perfect podcast. So that's where it's at. But the name will be dropped I'm soon. Excited. But that yeah, so incredible. And, and you got to come on my well, show I'd be too. Offended obviously. If I wasn't. No, yes. <laughs> <laughs> girl exactly like bitch well this is you know this right here yeah that was my well no I'm like so I'm so disappointed I'm not disappointed like because we can't help the situation but my co-host Amy has been like this is the first time in ages that she's had this kind of a crazy work schedule and so she's supposed to have been like on the, all of these interviews with me but her boss has been doing uh, these like programs in the time zone, like in the Miami time zone. So yeah. she's been getting up at like four o'clock every morning. So it's like perfect time for us to like be, to be chatting and doing all this of this stuff, but we've kind of not been able to have her on, which which kind of sucks. But I'm grateful that you've come on anyway. Yeah. And we hey, Amy, sorry you couldn't be here, but you're here in spirit. So <laughs> <laughs> well, on that note, I'm 
so glad you came on today. For everyone listening in Australia, you might actually recognize Fo's face because she did a, was it Jean, Just Jean's campaign? Just, just Jean. Yes. Yeah. I've done, I think I did, I've done three of them. So be on the lookout. <laughs> but yeah, I lo- and also I love Australia, like uh, Sydney. And I've been to Melbourne, but like Sydney is just, and that's where you're yeah, from, Melbourne, yeah? Yeah. I love them both, both such amazing places. But yes, it was so amazing talking no with you. Thank you.